SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be chatting rugby, and there's a lot of rugby to get through. All Blacks and British and Irish Lions, Springboks. We'll also talk uh, junior box. We've got their skipper. Uh, who's returned to South Africa today with the squad. Ernst van Rijn joining us this evening. We'll also chat some golf in a short while as well. And we're also going to be chatting some cricket. Telford Weiss will be talking about the ICC Champions Trophy as well as the Women's World Cup and the Global T20 League. Uh, the owners and cities announced in London yesterday. But let's start with cricket top story. The South African women's team have lost their World Cup warm-up clash against Australia by 103 runs. Batting first, Australia posted 324 for five in their 50 overs. Uh, much thanks to 137 uh, from Elise Villani. As far as the South African innings goes, half centuries from wicketkeeper Trish Chetty and skipper Dene Fanikak, not enough uh, with Chetty top scoring 62. The Proteas bowled out for 221. The other warm-up match taking place today as well in Leicester. That one saw Pakistan beat the West Indies by five wickets with 14 balls remaining. Batting first, the West Indies posted 246 for seven in their 50. Pakistan reaching it with just five wickets down. On to some rugby now. And uh, news out of the Bok camp ahead of the third test against France in Johannesburg this weekend is that scrum half Ross Cronier will miss that match due to delayed concussion symptoms. The no replacement will be called up for the number nine. Francois Hochard and Rudy Pates in that squad providing enough cover already. Meanwhile, Lionel Mapu and Francois Fenter have been released from the squad. They'll join the SAA squad for Friday's match against the French Barbarians. On to football news, and Free State Stars have fired Rami Letuaka after just six months in charge. Letuaka is the latest Absa Premiership coach to get uh, marching orders. That's following Kevin Johnson's release from Platinum Stars. Letuaka only joined Stars in January and took over from Italian coach Giovanni Solinas. He was in charge for just 17 matches. Meanwhile, Mamelodi Sundown skipper Shlompo Kekana says they're desperate to turn the table on Esperanza in their CAF Champions League Group C clash in Tunisia tomorrow. The Brazilian lost 2-1 at home to the Tunisian champions two weeks ago. And Kekana, who missed that game, is returning from injury, says the preparation is going well. We prepared well last, last night, I think. You can see with the way the boys were training that uh, this is a very, very important match that we want to win so bad. Uh, we, we are aware that we, we are in a position where we just need to win the match and, and be in a very good space on the, on the group. But um, we're going to go there in this match to, to win the match, to try and, and, and be ourselves try and play our own match our own game and hopefully we will win the match despite that last Kikana says the team are confident and the experience they now have in the competition is serving them well look we, we now uh, understanding the nature of this tournament we understand the logistics we understand now that um, there is nothing comes easy in life we now we travel long hours we we wait long hours at the airport but the um, and we, we, we just happy we going to play matches. We just happy as players to learn these lessons. These are life lessons that nobody will ever teach you. 
Tonight in the CAFCON Federations Cup, Supersports United hosting TP Mazembe. Uh, that one taking place at the Lucas Moripe Stadium. In other international football news, the Spanish tax evasion net continues to spread even wider, with Spanish prosecutors having filed a claim against Jose Mourinho for suspected tax fraud during his time at Real Madrid. Meanwhile, Cristiano Ronaldo is set to testify in his tax fraud case on the 31st of July. No Confederations Cup action in Russia today. That resumes tomorrow. And on to some tennis news, uh, Tanasi Kokonakis saved three set points uh, to secure a 7-6-7-6 upset win over Milos Raonic, the third seed, while Feliciano Lopez upset Stan Wawrinka, the second seed, 7-6-7-5 in the first round of the Aegon Championships. And just looking at some of the matches that are out on court at the moment, uh, will number one Andy Murray in top seed uh, also lost the first set. Uh, 7-6 in a tie break He is one love up uh, In the second set And uh, Jeremy Chardet Is through from France as well uh, In that one Raven Klaassen and his uh, doubles partner Also advancing uh, into the second round Of the Jerry Weber That's what it was called The Jerry Weber Open uh, That's taking place this week as well Coming up next We're going to chat some rugby with Craig Ray SAFM Sports Wrap you're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Lots of rugby happening over the last few weeks. Uh, Test rugby break it is uh, from Super Rugby. And uh, the Springboks have clinched the three-match series against the French. 2-0 with one to play. Uh, the Junior Box losing in the semi-finals of the Under-20 World Cup this past weekend. Winning the third and fourth place playoffs. So finishing third. Uh, beating France, funnily enough, by the same margin as the Senior Box did on Saturday. And then a uh, big test match happening this weekend. The first of uh, the test series between New Zealand and the British and Irish Lions. We join now by Craig Ray. Craig, welcome back onto SAFM Sports Wrap. Nice to, nice to touch base. Let's get the Springboks out. Out of the way first, two 0 series win. Uh, another pretty impressive performance on the weekend. Yeah, it was. I mean, people are getting. Uh, yeah, South Africans are never happy. Oh, you know, now people are saying, "Well, France are weak, and you know, it's a, it's a weak French team, and are oh, the Springboks really as good as we think they are?" Well, I don't think anyone's suggesting they will beat us just yet. But I think what we are saying is that the signs have been positive. There's been great structure on their defence. There's been good attacking play, and you know, they look like a team that's gelling. They look like a happy team. They look like a team that has a plan is executing that plan, they have a good set piece, and, you know, they're working from a solid base, and that's all you can ask. Last year, they didn't have any of those things. It was all just fog and a mess, and, uh, you know, no one really seemed to know what they were doing out there. So, from that point of view, it's a massive turnaround from the rabble that uh, lost in Florence, Italy, and slumped off the field in Cardiff against Wales, or those depressing times a very long time ago. And it really comes down to a couple of things, and one of the biggest is, uh, you know, creating a happy squad, picking players in form, which are most of the Lions players' backbone, and having a great defensive structure, which Brendan Fenter has brought into the mix. So, you know, it's it's quite simple, and it's been effective, and the players, to their credit, have worked pretty well and, and uh, you know, done the hard work and got the structure going and played with a smile on their faces. Part, part of that spine, and one of the players who has been informed this season is not going to be playing on Saturday, Ross Cronier. He's picked up uh, sort of delayed onset concussion by the sounds of it, so he's not available for selection. Do you think that's going to make uh, a bit of a difference on Saturday? Well, that's a fantastic scrum off uh, as well, and a good rugby player, and I think in this current setup, he'll be playing well. Um, yeah, Ross Cronier, you know, isn't an extractor player. He's a solid scrum off. He clears the base of the scrum quickly, makes good options, makes good decisions. So, from that point of view, they are going to miss him, but I don't think they'll lose much if, if anything at all. Mm. Um, perhaps 
if Hocott's injured early, really Page hasn't been in great form this season. But who knows? You know, he's been hanging around with the Springbok squad for four or five weeks now. Maybe his uh, confidence has been boosted again, and maybe his players also lifted just being in that environment. So, you know, I don't think the Springboks will lose too much there with the Francois Hocott starting. Let's talk junior box. Third at the Under-20 World Cup. I mean, no Springbok side goes to World Cup wanting to finish third. They they left the shores wanting to win it. Do you think they'll be disappointed, or do they come back happy with that result? I think it's a mixture of both. I, I think they are disappointed in the sense that that England game, that they lost the semi-final 24-22 to a 77th-minute try, is one that got away. They probably had their game, should have had their game wrapped up if they had had their chances. Their forwards were completely dominant. They, you know, they won every scrum. They dominated the scrums. They picked off half a dozen England lineouts, and unfortunately behind the scrum, the much vaunted backline just misfired on the day, and that didn't really help. But even so, they still had enough chances to win that game, so they'll be a bit disappointed with that. But on the other hand, they'll be pretty happy with the way they bounced back, beating France 37-15 in the bronze medal match. And what a nice story, Jano Augustus becoming the player of the tournament. First time ever a player who hasn't featured in the final is been named player of the tournament. He scored seven tries in those five games, and you know, it wasn't just his tries; it was just dominant in contact. Really good prospect. I actually interviewed him today. It's the first time I've seen him up close, and he is a big unit. He's known as Troki, and uh, he's like a little truck. I tell you, you know what that guy running into? He's uh, he's 116 kilos at 185 meters, so he's a solid uh, piece of human being. And uh, when he hits you, I'm sure he hits you pretty hard. Yeah, Craig, I wanted you I wanted you to say that name because it's one thing I love about these sort of junior World Cup tournaments is you always see players who who go on and are gonna be big stars and that is one. The first time I saw him play in this tournament I was like, Holy cow, I'm glad he's on our side. Uh he is a massive prospect for South African rugby. Yeah, he is, and you know, he's also come the road less travelled. You know, he came through he didn't make Western Province under eighteen Cranberry team last year, for instance. He came through the Academy and you know, so he's not exactly been earmarked from a young age to be the next superstar um, junior Springbok or something. So, and he's just hard-working guy. He comes from tough Tigerberg High, the blue-collar northern suburbs of Cape Town, Tachabach, as it's called. That's, that gave us Eben Etzebeth, by the way. So, you know, he comes from the school of hard knocks there. So, really a, a good, a good prospect. Let's talk about, uh, obviously there's the third test between the box and France, but I think the one that a lot of people are looking forward to is a bit earlier on Saturday morning, the first test between the All Blacks and the British and Irish Lions. Uh, Craig, I'm excited about this one. I don't know about you, just seeing bits and pieces, particularly from the, 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 the Lions A side that's been playing on the Saturdays, I've got a funny feeling they may have the measure defensively of uh, a pretty good All Black side. Oh, they're fantastic, the Lions at the moment. They're playing some really good rugby. Um... But, you know, the All Blacks are the All Blacks, and they haven't lost at Eden Park since 1994. So, you know, you've got to say that uh, the Lions do definitely start as second best in this tour. But what is interesting to me, Brad, is that the two big games uh, of the tour, the the Crusaders and the Chiefs, well, two of the big games against two of their best Super Rugby franchises. Between the Crusaders and the Chiefs, they managed to score nine points against the Lions, no yeah. tries. So that 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 goes to your point that the Lions defense is really good. I mean to keep the Crusaders trialless for that game they won twelve three with what was the Shadow Test team it was a magnificent performance and I really think this uh, Lions defense is is superb and if they can shut New Zealand down there's only one way to beat New Zealand. Um, you know, people say you've got to play like them. There's no time to learn to play like them. These guys are gonna be in their face, they're gonna shut them down defensively and you know, from a good set piece try and score from uh, what they what little they create. 
as, as well as keeping the scoreboard ticking over with penalties. It's not going to be, you know, flashy if the Lions win. They're going to arm wrestle their way to victory. And I'm so excited about the series because at the first I thought the Lions was going to get smashed completely, but they really impressed me the way they've improved with each outing in this tour. And they look like a team capable of causing an upset. Whether they win the series, I don't know. But I think if they could win the first test, that would really set it up nicely. Yeah, it would put a cat amongst the pigeons. I'm secretly hoping all the South African Super Rugby sides are sitting taking notes, uh, watching how to how to take on the, the All Blacks defensively because all the New Zealand sides defensively because I think the Lions have got it figured out. I think it's going to be a great series. Looking forward to it. Craig Gray, thank you very much for your time once again here on SAFM Sports Chat. Much appreciated. Always a pleasure. Cheers, Brad. Hey, bro, you look like you need a friend. I just can't be home before 9 p.m., man. I need to get home after my wife falls asleep. Oh, I had that problem also, man. Who said I had a problem? Relax, brother. You're not alone. Men's Clinic can help you. You just need to SMS help to 32110. Or WhatsApp 072-315-2574. They will help you with all male health problems. Men's Clinic International. Specializing in male sexual health. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, as I mentioned to Craig Ray, the under-20s arrived back in South Africa following the under-20 Rugby World Cup, finishing third. So we join now by the skipper of that team, Ernst van der Rijn. Uh, Ernst, welcome on to SAFM Sport Trap tonight. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Ernst, I said to Craig, our rugby journal, that no South African team leaves to a World Cup wanting to finish third. So you go to win, so it must be disappointed that you didn't uh, achieve the overall goal, but third's nothing to scoff at. Um, yeah, obviously we were very disappointed after losing to England in the semi-final, um, and we really set ourselves high goals and standards. Um, unfortunately, there wasn't to be this year, and we had to settle for third. Um, but I think us as players and even the management, uh, we grew really in character and gained a lot of experience. So I think there's a lot of positives to take for us into the future and into the rest of our lives, although we didn't make it all the way. As, as a, a junior Springbok, a tournament like this is just a, a great opportunity, like you say, for, for a team to gel. A lot of these players will eventually go on and, and play senior national level. What, what are some of the, the, the big lessons you've learned out of this tournament, Ernst? Um, yeah, I think it's a definitely a great stepping stone to, to launch your career from and to, to represent your country. Um, some lessons we've learned, I think, obviously, you learn that you only have one chance, especially in a tournament or a big World Cup type of tournament. You only get one chance and a few opportunities and you have to take those. Um, and further, just how to, how to handle the disappointment, how to pick yourself back up and come back, I think, the way we did in the third and fourth place um, playoff. Um, so ultimately, yeah, I say, um, just the overall experience, I think it's something you can't buy or can't measure. Um, and that's definitely for us as young players something to take forward in our careers and also our lives. Yeah, always difficult to sort of pick yourself up after the disappointment of losing in the semi, but you guys did show great character in that third and fourth place playoff. One of the, I think the big positives coming out is uh, your eighth man, uh, Juan Augustus, being named player of the tournament. Even though you didn't come away with a trophy, that that's a great uh, great award to, to, to come home with. Yes, definitely. I think it's amazing um, for him. I'm really glad, glad for him. He's a great friend of mine, and, and we've also been together for about two years now. Um, in the professional setup, and he's really worked hard. So very glad for him, and obviously for us as a team and a country, knowing he um, achieved that goal and won that prize is, is something really special for us as a team, and I think also for us as a country as South Africa. Ernst, where to now for, for you personally and the team? Uh, I, I know a lot of the guys, this was probably their last opportunity to play under-20 rugby. Where, where, where to from here for you? 
Yeah, unfortunately, it was my last year and a lot of other guys last year. Um, but it's been a great honor. Obviously, there's a few guys who, who have the opportunity to play next year again, and obviously, they'll work hard to achieve that. Um, for me and I, like I think most of the, most of the rest of the guys of the squad, um, we'll be heading back to our union. So we'll take about, I think, a week off. And then next week, we'll be back at our union, so I'm working hard. Um, for me personally, I would like, I would hope to be able to compete for a place in the Western Province on the 21 side, um, which, um, whose competition starts in, in August. And, uh, yeah, we'll take it day by day. I'll keep on working hard and, and also, um, I'm also studying at Stellenbosch. I also want to finish my degree in the next two years. Um, so that's also something I take pretty seriously. But yeah, I'll keep on playing rugby to, um, while I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, some great opportunities and, um, that I've had and that I really cherish. Well, congratulations once again. I know you, you guys are disappointed, but uh, third, great, uh, great result. And we look forward to, to seeing what you and the rest of that squad do in the future. Some big names, uh, I think, in the years to come in South African rugby. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. I think we're a great bunch of guys, and like I said, uh, except for on the field, off the field, I think we also have great character, and all, everyone, all the players show that. Um, so yeah, we will see, we'll watch everyone closely in the future. Um, and see what happens. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some cricket now here on SAFM Sports Wrap. And there's lots of cricket happening. The IC Champions Trophy has just concluded. Uh, we're in the build-up to the ICC Women's World Cup that gets underway this weekend. And a big announcement took place yesterday in London about uh, the Global T20 League, which is taking place in South Africa later on this year. We're joined now by cricketing journalist Telford Vice. Telford, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Telford, great summer of cricket taking place in England at the moment. Let's touch on the Champions Trophy. First up, uh, eight best sides in the world turned into a... Uh, if, if you looked at that first game between India and Pakistan, you would have bet your house on it. That wouldn't be the final. But what a, what a great turnaround for Pakistan to go on and win the tournament from that hammering. And, and just a wonderful advertisement for cricket. You know, India had to dominate um, in these past ten years. They've won three trophies, in fact, three most trophies. And um, so you, you don't need that in a game. It, it's great for India to come up that way. But it's even better for Pakistan, who, of course, not played a home game since 2009. And you have to ask yourself, you know, uh, put another country in that situation, and would their game flourish like Pakistan's has done? And, and, and this is brilliant. Yes, that first game, they got absolutely smacked by 124 runs, and then came out and, uh, at the end and absolutely smacked the Indians. It's just a brilliant display. Um, of all-round cricket, they batted well, they bowled well, and they thoroughly deserved their victory. Interesting tournament in the in the sense that the, the big teams that we thought would progress to the knockout stages didn't. The likes of South Africa, uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, who who all probably were were favourites heading England, so were, were favourites heading into into the tournament. And uh, I mean, England got through to the semis, but uh, in the end, Bangladesh pipping uh, the other big names. Disappointing from a from a South African perspective. Australia, I think they can feel a bit aggrieved with uh, with the elements uh, sort of doing them in, and it was down to a, a one-game shootout which they lost. Uh, it was an interesting tournament. It was interesting. I think as South Africans, we, uh, we're, we're fooling ourselves if we're, if we're disappointed because we, of course, know that this happens every time. You know, okay, they don't often bomb out in the first round like, the, like South Africa did this time. But, um, you know, it, it, South Africa, I, I don't know. I just despair. Uh, I've, in fact, written that they shouldn't be sent to tournaments anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, I just don't know where, where we should go with them. But, yes, as for the rest, um, the Australians will be unhappy, two washouts, which of course cost them dearly. Um, England, I thought, had a good plan, a good aggressive plan. Go at the bowling, let's see what happens. And I that. Even though they lost, um, there was a lot of good that came out of that. 
the New Zealanders also didn't quite live up to expectations. And, of course, we had three out of the four teams in the, in the semifinals on the subcontinent. So that tells you a lot about the way in which cricket is moving. Um, and off the field, in fact. And um, it, it's, uh, it, it is good to see in some ways, but you don't want, as I said earlier, you don't want one team dominating or, in fact, one region dominating. That's probably not good for the game. But uh, quite a lot of interesting things came out of this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Telford, let's talk the, the Global T20 League. It was announced earlier this year that it was going to be happening. Uh, yesterday in London, a, a big, uh, very Lani uh, announcement being made about who, who the owners are, who the marquee players are, and who the, the, the sort of the cities, where the cities are that they, the, the, the matches are going to be based in. Do we really need another T20 tournament? No. Uh, that's the short answer. That's the answer is that CSA needs the money. And, uh, and, and also want to go and play with the big boys, which is why this thing exists. Um, it's, it, you know, for me, the key, the key question is, how are they going to make a difference to all of the other, I, the, I almost said IPLs in the world? Because, because that's really what everybody is aiming for, is to, is to replicate the success of the IPL. And, you know, I'm sorry, if I turn on the television and I see Chris Gale, um, if I watch, it's going to be because Chris Gale is batting, not because he's playing for the Santiago Salamanders or whoever. And, and, and I think that's the danger that T20 cricket faces, is that everything looks the same. All that changes is, is the venue and the names on the jerseys. The players are all the same. And, you know, the, and, and speaking of players like Chris Gale, um, there's a handful who, who really keep the thing afloat. Because if you take the Chris Gales and the Kevin Petersons and the ABD Villiers and, and that league of player out of it, what do you have? You have a bunch of people nobody's ever heard of. Probably no one wants to watch play cricket. So I think it's at an interesting stage. T20 cricket. Um, but it's probably a little late for them to come to this party. Maybe they should have launched this tournament several years ago. Um, but, um, you know, let's see what they do. I have no doubt that Cricket South Africa will make an organizational success of their tournament. They're very good at that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure I'm excited by it because I don't see how it's going to be different from the same old, same old. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same. Telford, and then the uh, Women's World Cup gets underway this uh, weekend, also in England. Uh, a lot of warm-up matches happening. Uh, the Proteas women are in action today against Australia. Uh, your thoughts on, on the, the prospects of, of the Proteas in, in this one? Wouldn't it be wonderful if, after all these failures by the men's team, the women go along and win the thing? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Uh, but on a more serious note, I, I think it's a, it's a great event. I think women's cricket has, has managed to set itself apart from the men's game in, in all sorts of positive ways. Um, the skills on offer in the women's game, you don't see that often in, in, in men's cricket. Um, a lot of it is, is physiologically required because, you know, uh, women are starting to play a power game in cricket, um, but, but for a long time it's been about delicate touches and, and, and the, their technique in the way that they play the game, which is different from the way men play the game. And that, that's brilliant. It's a bit like men's tennis and women's tennis. They're two different games. And then, of course, the Williams sisters happen. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a great event. Um, I think the South African team have a, have a pretty good chance. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to see some very interesting cricket uh, and played, for some, played by some very talented cricketers. Absolutely. Telford Weiss, thank you very much for joining us. That tournament gets underway on Saturday. The Proteus start their campaign on Sunday. On June 16, 1976, about 10,000 students took to the streets of Soweto to march against being taught in Afrikaans. When they did that, that didn't work. Whole classes failed. If they had listened to us, because we had wanted to negotiate, maybe we would have had an experience of June 16. When they reached Orlando West, 
their peaceful protest exploded into a bloody carnage of students at the hands of the police. The only thing that was available for us to protect ourselves was a dustbin lid and a stone. Although broken and tortured, those students have since paved the way for today's youth and inspired them to take control of their struggle. Me, I'd rather scrap the floor and do anything as long as I'm going to get paid at the end of the month and sustain it eternally. This June, SABC News celebrates our youth. Have you ever thought of what is really happening at SABC? SABC Radio is inviting all registered Eastern Cape business owners to hear it firsthand at our breakfast sessions to be held on the 27th of June in PE and 29th of June in East London. So if you would like to expose your business on our multiple platforms covering the entire Rainbow Nation, contact Benny on canhambj at sabc.co.za. That is C-A-N-H-A-M-B-J at sabc.co.za before the 25th of June and join us in the winner's circle. SABC Radio, your partner in growing your business during these challenging times. FM Sports Wrap. As you would have heard on PM Live this afternoon, Joven Rubula is leading a whole bunch of young South Africans uh, in a tournament called the Amateur Championship Stroke Play Qualifier in England. And uh, after his opening round six under par 66, he's pretty well placed heading into today's final round. Lali Stunder caught up with him a short while ago. You've won a, a fantastic start for you yesterday in the Amateur Championship Stroke Play Qualifier. Uh, you put yourself in a very strong position for today's final round. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, yesterday was uh, well, it was one of those good days for me. Uh, started a little bit shaky on the first hole, made a bogey on a, I mean, not too hard of all, uh, but then fought back really nicely after that, bounced back well. Uh, made an eagle on the second hole, which is about five, and then I made two birdies after that. You know, I made hit a four and from 200 meters to about 15 foot on the second hole, made that putt. You know, and that just gave me a great kickstart for the day. After that, made another 20 footer for birdie on the par three, uh, and on the next hole, hit a good sandwich to eight feet. You know, it uh, makes a big difference if you can start the day off like that. You know, and that just set the pace for the day. And then after that, made a Good birdie, good long birdie putt on six, and then another one on eight, you know, and uh, from being one over after one, you know, the next moment you're five under through five, you know, and it was just big for me. Uh, it was very nice, pleasing to have my grandfather come uh, all the way from South Africa um, to come caddy for me, and, you know, it was really enjoyable having him there. My grandfather has been uh, a huge, crucial part of my game uh, over the last couple of years, you know, and being in America right now, my chances to see him are very limited. And uh, it was really special for me to have my grandfather in the back, you know, and someone to talk to, you know. I always enjoy his company on the golf course. You just mentioned America. You're over there on, um, at Auburn University. Have you have you found that you've gained a lot uh, going away like that, being on your own? Yeah, well, definitely, you know, being dependent from yourself, you know, you learn much more. I've learned in this last year that I've been at Auburn more about myself, you know, and Learn to do things on my own, you know, work on my game by myself, you know, because I always had someone to rely on, you know, to my, like my grandfather, for example, to always help me on the range or whatever. But you know, when you, over there, life's a little bit different, you know, you're all by yourself, you know, you gotta figure out things by yourself. But I mean, I'm enjoying it, like, I've definitely feel that I've grown as a player, I've learned much more in this last year about myself, you know, on the golf, and off the golf course, you know, and I mean, I'm only looking forward to positives um, coming up, you know, and I'm looking forward to next year. We had a great season at the university this year. 
great bunch of guys in the team as well, you know, which makes it much easier. You know, just really enjoyed it and uh, looking really much forward to next year. And uh, being over there in the UK now with the Golf RSA squad must be nice uh, to have a bit of home comfort and speak a bit of Afrikaans. Yeah, you know what, it's actually very nice uh, being here with a couple of our mates that I grew up playing golf with, you know, it always brings back some great memories. And, you know, we push each other, yeah, we really push each other to play well and compete. You know, Carl had a great week last week and St. Andrews being the only one that made the cut, you know, and I think that motivates all of us, you know, all of us are playing better this week. So there's always some of us that are pushing each other, you know, and we've got a great camaraderie at night time, we all come together and discuss these days, you know, and I mean, that's what friends are for, you know, we're there to help each other out. Yeah, it's just great, it's great being in good company again and speaking Afrikaans to my mates is very fun and uh, yeah you know I'm always thankful for Golf RSA for giving us the opportunity to be able to play in these tournaments I mean we all gain so much experience here playing with the best players in the world you know in, in the best tournament really thankful for that. Yvonne and today you guys face the monster Royal St. George's uh, what's your game plan going to be for this monster? You know what, I mean, I've spoken to my grandfather because he came to walk uh, when we played practice round Royal St. George's, you know, and I mean, he said something that's very true, you know, you get to this big golf course and a lot of people are going to be laying up off the tee box playing it short, you know, and I mean, it's a golf course where if you play aggressive, you're going to make birdies, you know, if you play too conservative, you know, it's going to play very long um, and then you're going to be struggling for pause, you know, so I mean... We'll see how it goes today, but my game plan is going to be the same as what it was this last day. You know, play a lot of aggressive T-line, T-balls, and, uh, you know, give yourself short irons in wherever you can. And the hard holes, obviously, be conservative, you know, because this golf course can't bite. But, yeah, I mean, there'll be probably a lot of drivers of the T-box today, and, uh, you know, try and make the golf course as short as possible. And uh, keep in mind that the wind is probably going to blow today, you know. Like, we'll see when we get there. That was Lali Stunder catching up with Jovan Rubula. And that's it for SAFM Sport Trap tonight. Thanks to my producer this evening, John Herica. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop. And the Lady Maleo with you once again. I'm Brad Brown, and I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, you can email sport at safm.co.za. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock in time for your news.